Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Made with Love podcast. I'm your host, Mauricio Cardona. In this episode, I will be interviewing my friend Shaquille Mohammed, the founder of Intersect Designs. On the last episode, we we got to the point where I was doing these like student hackathons and mm. uh, doing a lot of experimentation and kind of flexing those entrepreneurial like skills and muscles. Mm-hmm. And then I think I had in that time was uh, just switched over to going to university. So transferred from the community college up to full-time university and kind of going through some of the changes in those different environments. <clears throat> so then after that, towards the end of my first year at university, I got an internship at this company called Splunk, where I recently stepped away from that job and I've been working there yeah. continuously since then. Um, and what's really cool about that um that job is like, I had no idea about this company at all. And then I was looking for internships and trying to find out companies to apply to. Mm-hmm. Then I was looking at the sponsors for those different hackathons and events I was going to thinking, oh, hey, if this organization, this company is sponsoring um, you know, these student events, then it might be a good fit. It probably is going to be a good internship there as well. And so Splunk happened to be one of those companies and oh. uh, totally applied on a whim, like literally went on the website, found the job section, mm-hmm. and then found they had an internship for software engineer intern in the Seattle office. I didn't even know they had a Seattle office. And so applied. And uh, yeah, that was that was a very interesting moment because kind of all in that same motion. I think it was all within probably that same week of the interview. Um, my best friend at the time stopped talking to me. And so it was... And like, I still don't know why or what happened, but it was this kind of like, and I've been like really close with that guy since high school. So it was this very interesting moment of like, Ooh, now I got like a a big boy job, if you will. (laughs) And then also kind of had some space growing between one of my really close best friend at the time uh, from high school days. And so looking back on my journey, it's like I had been kind of slowly growing up over time. And so this was like a pretty big uh, step up in in that growth cycle, if you will. And yeah, and then it was just a crazy amount of learning. um, Like that first summer as an intern, like, and since since I joined that company, there were like a lot of firsts that happened in my life. So for example, um, I remember going to, I think we had like a company uh, party. It was like, um, we did some kind of like team building event. So it's like a, a ropes course. So you like climb these 
giant structures and you're up like 20 feet in the air and there's like ropes you have like all these different things between them it's like pretty cool definitely like was a little bit scary but uh you know there's nets and stuff it's like very safe but that was like a really cool experience for me because afterwards we had kind of like a happy hour sort of thing um like a I guess it was more of a lunch than a happy hour. Anyways, um, on the way back, we were able to expense Uber rides back to the office or to home or wherever we were going. And so that was my first time ever getting in a, like a paid car. Like that wasn't like a taxi that was like to the airport or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I hadn't traveled very much before then either. So. That was like a very interesting experience to like just literally get into a random car and then like show up at my home when I'm used to like taking the bus everywhere all the time during college. Right. Um, how, how old were you at the time? So I would have been 21, I believe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And then... Yeah, they're like other travel firsts as well, like getting to go to company conferences and then getting to go to like other technology conferences that like I chose to go to. So it's like I wasn't going with anyone else from the office. It was just like going there just to to learn and and meet people. So that was a that was a big one there. Um, and then I think that kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about was like this idea of imposter syndrome. That really came up like very intensely because unlike so after so basically I was with Splunk until graduation and then they gave me a, a full time offer. Literally started working full time the day after I graduated. Oh. Like gradu graduation was on a Sunday and I went to work on Monday at nine AM. Like it just like no break at all. Uh, hindsight, gotcha. not the, not the wisest decision ever. Um, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Anyways, <sighs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so this whole imposter syndrome thing was, uh, really kicking in because unlike the other like full-time employees, I had only done like three hours total of interviews, whereas, What's pretty common mm -hmm. in tech is you have at least one full day of technical interviews. Oh. So so this is like, you know, like if you've seen any of the, the tech movies or shows, it's like, all right, you got to – you get a problem from the interviewee uh, or the interviewer and – you get a whiteboard and it's like, all right, how would you approach solving this problem? And it's not just like a simple problem. It's like – uh, I don't know. Like, what's the optimal way to arrange furniture in a room, or something okay. like that, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and then it's like, okay, question. yeah, and then it's like, okay, how would you write a um an algorithm to do this, right? So it's like you don't necessarily have to get the code exactly right, but you have to show your kind of thought process and how you would approach solving this kind of problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so I basically didn't have as much of that. And, and another thing was also like the, on the financial side of imposter syndrome, where 
you know, I grew up with some economic difficulties and then getting into actually being paid like a full-time software engineer salary in Seattle in like the mid 2000s, which like obviously salaries have increased since then. But mm-hmm. even then it was like, like a shocking amount of money to see coming in where I was like used to um, like looking at my bank balance like five or six times a day just because I was so paranoid of an overdraft. Mm. <clears throat> and then there was like a lot of imposter syndrome around the technical side as well, right? Like I didn't go to like a very strong technology program for my undergrad. Um, and everyone around me had. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, one second. Bless you. Uh, for the people watching at home, <laughs> listening at home. <laughs> she killed his knees. <laughs> well, it's been, it's cough. I got a little dry throat going oh. on. So, yeah, it was, um, it was multiple layers of the imposter syndrome, right? It wasn't just like one thing. It was, it was that. It was also a lot of kind of just like the, the stuff between my head, right? The, the mental aspect of it. Um, and I think along with that, I was also kind of used to going full throttle with everything I did. So like the whole time I was in college, I worked and was in school. And so then when it came time to only having work, like I literally only had my, you know, proverbial nine to five job, I didn't know how to turn it off. So very often I would keep working like I would, you know, be at at work like for a full, Mm -hmm. you know, eight to 10 hours. Right. Yeah. And then I would bring my laptop home and I would keep working. And part of that, part of that was the anxiety and the the imposter syndrome, right? It's like, I didn't want to get caught up. Like I thought I was a fraud. Like I didn't know how I... I ended up here, right? Because if we if we rewind back, it was like, you know, I barely got through high school because I had missed so much school. I had to literally like pull weeds in the parking lot for a week in order to like earn back time that I missed. And so, okay. so it's like the, <clears throat> my identity hadn't caught up to my my results, I guess. Mm-hmm. The the way you saw yourself. Exactly. Yeah, my self-image wasn't like, it wasn't real. It was like I was like stuck, right? Like I think the the term in psychology is like arrested development where you're stuck Mm. at like a certain age emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yes, familiar with that. Yeah, so I think there was some of that happening as well. And so like I remember a specific time I was working with a... Um, a different engineer in the Shanghai office. <clears throat> so if we're looking mm-hmm. Seattle to Shanghai time difference, I believe is about 16 hours, if I'm not mistaken, give or take. Uh-huh. So what I would do for a little while, I think I did this for maybe one or two months, is I would go to work. I would do like a normal, I think I did at that time, probably 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. work day. Mm-hmm. I would come home, I would have dinner, and then I would work again a full another eight hours with that guy in Shanghai. 
mm-hmm. because that was the only time that person was available. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. if I mm-hmm. didn't do that, it's like the delay between our work days would be like a full day. Right. So like if I asked for something on like a, let's say Monday morning, I wouldn't hear back until Tuesday morning. And then I couldn't mm-hmm. ask any more questions and get right. responses to like Wednesday. So in order to reduce that, I was like, all right, I will just like adjust my schedule. But I still had to like be in the office. Mm. Right. Because there's so this meetings was like and this pure pressure you put on yourself. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Yeah. Oh, my. So like at yeah, no point was... were you ever asked to do anything like that. Not even close. No, 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 okay. not at all. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But I, I thought that's what I had to do because mm-hmm. I was used to life being very difficult. And so I can relate. So I was, I was like, okay, this is a difficult thing. And I know how to do difficult things. So oh, I'll just do it. Yeah, I can just hear your words and know where your mind is headed. And like, mm-hmm. like if it's not, I guess because you know, it, it's it's probably the the story of uh, all all people from like either a third world country or you know that come off struggle. It's like if you're not suffering, then you're not doing it okay. Yeah, which is nuts. It is crazy. And uh, eventually, I did get out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, How? It took okay, sure. So it took a lot of, um, a lot of reflection. I went to it was a multi-year process to get out of that. I went to like multi Tony Robbins events, um, mm-hmm. and like for those that don't know about Tony Robbins, he's a I guess I would call him a, a personal success coach, but he also does business mm-hmm. coaching. And so pre-pandemic, he would do these live events that would have, I think on the high end, there was somewhere around like 15,000 people that would wow. attend live. And, you know, he's been doing this stuff for so long that he has a formula for really getting results, but not just like financial or professional results but also kind of having a a fulfilling life Mm. in all aspects and so there's a lot of like different exercises you go through in his events that go through everything from like rewriting your stories uh, that you tell yourself so you know one of my stories was probably something like you know I don't belong here or um, mm. they're, they're going to find out that I'm a fraud mm. and I could get fired any day. So because I'm afraid of being fired now, I have to like work super, super hard just to like prove to myself, really not even to anybody else, but to prove to myself that I belong there. Mm. I'm getting anxious just to hear you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i'll be honest i'm feeling it a little bit right now too like i feel it in my body coming up so Mm -hmm. you know there's there's power in those words so you know choose them wisely you're right (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah there's like you know there's like just a ton of stuff to look into um 
yeah, if you want to see more about Tony Robbins, there's like tons of stuff uh, on YouTube. I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, how, how yeah. is that like? Yeah, that experience of, of being in those events and and working through the systems they presented. Ooh, I th- I feel like that's a whole other podcast episode on its own, right there. It sounds like it. <laughs> it's it's Just, deep. Uh-huh. It's definitely deep. Like you know, like so the 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 event that many people go to is called UPW or Unleash the Power Within. Mm. And on the first night, everyone has an opportunity to walk on fire. Okay. First of all, there's nights plural. <laughs> okay so okay. yeah yeah so it's it's a four-day event okay uh four-day event uh it's pretty much all day morning tonight uh uh-huh. but on the first night right like you think on the first night he's gonna go easy no on the first night you walk on fire <laughs> and and that that's him going easy i'm guessing <laughs> uh, something like that oh my and really it's it's a metaphor right the the whole thing hmm. is like to prove to yourself that you can do something that you didn't think you can do. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Right. So it's like, Oh, if I can walk on fire, then, you know, let's go with the, the very basic examples. Like, Oh, I can ask out that person that I'm really attracted to. Mm. Right. Right. Cause right. it takes, it takes less than five seconds to walk across that little strip of fire right and it takes five seconds to like go up to that person when you see them Mm -hmm. and start a conversation okay okay i see that that's that's pretty interesting so that's one example Mm -hmm. um there's i could go so far deep into this it's uh that's something i'm very passionate about and i've you know, I have dozens and dozens of things I could talk about there. So we'll we'll table that. But definitely going through those processes helped a lot. I also was doing a lot of reading at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Reading stuff like uh, Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, which for me at that time was like speaking exactly to what I needed because mm-hmm. I was being a perfectionist, right? I was like, okay. You know, even though I'm a new graduate, I have to be performing at the same level as like a senior level engineer who's been doing this stuff for like 10 to 15 years. That was the mentality. Okay. Yeah. I was about to ask you, did you really? Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite a bit. Okay. But yeah, that's yeah. the disconnect from reality, right? That's the, mm. the whole thing that, that hurts so much when you're not aware mm. of it. But then being aware of it, it's like, oh, I don't have to have it all figured out. It's okay to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'm learning like very recently is like, it's okay to let people down once in a while if it's going to cause you to like really hurt yourself um, mm. emotionally or physically in order to like you know help them out with whatever that thing is 
Mm. Uh, yes, <laughs> I feel you there very much. Actually, somewhat in, as I know, this episode was delayed. And, like, I mean, it wasn't exactly on, on, on the same note, but, like, I was sick. Um, I just I just told Shaquille, so, yeah. I mean, I could, but I'd rather not. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, yeah, other more relevant things. Like, you gotta be able to have that conversation more than with the other person, which, of course, you have to, but, like, with yourself, it, uh, not putting, I was going to say not putting yourself, no, um, not having, like, this idea or image of yourself which is in a pedestal that that you have to like live up up to like why (laughs) you're enough period exactly now i get off my (laughs) get off your soapbox (laughs) yeah my soapbox (laughs) no it's this is the other thing too it's like you know people and my experience, typically people love to see the human aspects in each other, right? Mm. So if you can say, hey, you know, I'm really stressed out. I haven't slept right for three days. And mm. I know we have this um, other kind of stretch goal we're working on at work, but I just don't have it in me. I need to take a personal day off. Mm. Jesus. Right? Like that's that's a simple, simple request. And it's such a human thing, right? If you imagine like – I'll go on a quick tangent here. So one of the exercises in in some of Tony Robbins' events is like imagining yourself as a child Mm -hmm. and how you would speak to yourself if you were a child, right? Mm -hmm. So like literally taking yourself out of your own body and if you – if you saw yourself as a child today, like if you were as your adult self went back in time to see your child self, mm-hmm. like how would you love the child mm. and how would you treat them? Right? Definitely not how you're treating yourself right now, most likely. hundred percent, right? It's mm. like if, if you took your like, you know, internal monologue of thoughts and you put that in a person and like had that person say it to you, you would like beat them up real quickly. (laughs) Yes. 100% yes. Right. So now, you know, if we, we kind of take these ideas and apply it to this like specific work scenario, I'm, I'm laying out. It's like, you know, if let's say, you know, your child came to you Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, I'm really stressed out because of this and this. Mm. You know, can, can I take a day off? I just need to like, oh, man. go lay I'm down and watch TV. this cute little kid. Oh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> right? Like, you, you're not going to say no. Like, clearly, right. this is a human being in their right. like most authentic self. And they're suffering. And they're asking, please save me from this pain. <laughs> But we don't do that with ourselves. You're right. We just keep taking the pain because they're like, oh, I think I have to do this. Mm-hmm. But 
But who said? Right. Like, we have this arbitrary idea of who we have to be and what we have to do. And mm, we, we will beat ourselves up oh, yeah. for not doing that. <laughs> Let's come up with this arbitrary measure of self-worth <laughs> and get upset when we're not there. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Alright, so, so let's let's move on to a less intense thing. So I think the, uh-huh. the next thing I want to talk about. Uh so that was funny. That last one was like imposter syndrome, anxiety, and like the totality of mental health as well. Uh so the next kind of thing I want to talk about is also like kind of work and finance related, and that was um I don't know if I had like a good summary label for it, but I guess it's just experiences, right? Like this on its own was like micro journeys, right? So going to to these mm. conferences, um, right? So going back to this idea of firsts again, right? Like I went on my first solo flight mm-hmm. ever. Right. Um, how, how was that? <laughs> going back to you do things the first time and then everything changes I'm very curious about that specific experience yeah fair enough so it was uh interesting right and obviously my last name is muhammad and in a post uh-huh. 9-11 era there's always you know the the tsa discrimination the random searches and whatever um that i was aware of uh, mm-hmm. didn't actually happen too many times during that maybe first couple of years out of grad, probably only a couple of times. Um, one of the times like randomly TSA was like, what are these? And they like literally pulled flip flops out of my, uh, <sighs> my duffel bag. And they're like, what the hell is this? I'm like, Oh my um, god! Sandals. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Like, clearly, you know exactly what this thing is. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! It's like, what are they expecting you to say? Like, oh, it's plastic explosive, shaped no like idea. a sand. It's like, what the? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't That's know. Upsetting. Anyways, it's like weird stuff like that. But no, it was cool, right? Like, I went to Las Vegas. Uh, how many? T- uh, two, three times. Three times since uh, since working at Splunk. Um, mm-hmm. uh, all three times were for different company conferences. Uh, Vegas is definitely not my place, but it was cool to just like go experience that, right. And see, you know what it's like. And of course everything is paid for and you have, uh, you know, your like daily allowance on, on food spend. So we would always try to maximize that and and do as much (laughs) as we can. So, you know, going out to sushi multiple nights in a row and like the conference would have food. So we would basically get to spend that full daily allowance all on dinner so we had some good times, some really good steaks, some great sushi. It's good times. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, I think there another another aspect was on the personal finance side. So I'm actually mm-hmm. writing a blog post on this uh, today. So hoping to get that out uh, by tonight. Um, there's one uh, of the managers who was very, very financially literate. 
He had okay. incredible wisdom about personal finance and investing. And he kind of took me under his wing. And he would give this advice to like all the interns. I think maybe not everyone was open to it. Right. But, you know, we had conversations week after week for multiple years talking about personal finance. And one of the, I think one of my real proudest achievements actually was being able to pay off all of my student loans from undergrad within one year of graduation. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. It was brutal. Like I lived some days worse than uh, when I was a student after grad that first year. Mm -hmm. But my mentality was, you know, I want to have a short-term sacrifice for long-term, like, financial security. Mm. And one of the key ideas that he taught me about was um, being aware of lifestyle inflation. Mm -hmm. So... If we think about inflation, right, it's like the dollar loses value over time as the government prints more money, right? So okay. if we look at li- lifestyle inflation is basically your income increases, right? So for me, it was like going from um, intern in college to then earning a full-time salary and stock options and benefits and all this other stuff, right? So it was mm-hmm. like a pretty significant jump from intern to full-time, in terms of total compensation. And what is a very easy trap to fall into is, you know, let's say before you're bringing in $2,000 a month and then right away, you know, literally the next month you start bringing in $4,000 a month. It's like, right. whoa, whoa, I have so much money. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. Right. Mm. So you your lifestyle now adjusts to mm. the amount of income you're making on a monthly basis, right? So, you know, this can come in all different kinds of ways. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go buy clothes, I'm gonna buy uh new furniture, I'm gonna move to a nicer apartment, I'm gonna buy a home, I'm going to buy a new car, you know, I'm gonna buy gifts for all my friends and family, whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out more, right? I definitely went to a lot of concerts after I paid off all that stuff because I okay. didn't have that opportunity before. But um I was just so determined to never experience that pain of financial scarcity that I was like, all right, mm-hmm. let me learn everything there is to learn. So in that one year, while I'm paying down the debt. I was like putting more kind of um, momentum behind it because I read, I think, three or four books on personal finance in that Mm -hmm. time. So I already had this mentor. I was already doing this like very aggressive like savings and debt repayment strategy. Um, Right. I was learning like that's pretty much all I consumed on YouTube was like, videos about Mm -hmm. personal finance and investing and learning all this stuff. And then I just automated everything. After I was out of debt, I just automated everything. I was like, I don't have to check my bank balance every day Mm -hmm. because I know there's like a little bit of cushion in there. Like I can pay this month's bills Mm -hmm. even if I don't check. Like I just have that buffer now. Mm -hmm. 
and I have You're some good. money in my I have some money in my savings account too, right? So it's mm. like, you know, if uh, something goes wrong, like I don't know, uh, I'll use a car example, right? Car breaks down. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I can pay for it. I have the cash. Here it is. Done. Right. And so that was a huge move for me, like on the financial side to kind of, I think that actually it was all that personal development, the Tony Robbins, the reflection, the reading, all this stuff helped a lot. But one of the big factors was like not having to worry about finances, right? Because that was something I worried about every single day, nonstop. Mm. And so that was like a huge breakthrough in like my day-to-day quality of life. Right. Even even if you don't start spending and you continue to have the same life, like now you're not worrying about every little thing. Yeah. Just not knowing if you're going to eat tomorrow is not a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How would you describe it, you know, after after that moment that you're, that you can breathe, at, you know, after this, like, now you, life changes very much. Yeah. I would say the, I think my mind began to expand and I, I just, I was exploring for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I still had my day job. I was reading a lot. I was talking to a lot of people. I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff in my spare time, different, mm-hmm. you know, startup ideas, trying to build different technology things, doing open source software, which is like a very highly collaborative uh, endeavor. Um, yeah, it was, it was a time of exploration. If I look if I look at that probably twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, I think it was a time of massive exploration. Hmm. Your priorities change quite a bit. And, yeah, you know, because now you don't have all these worries, and pretty interesting. Yeah, this is. I think we can wrap on this idea. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to complain about technology for so many different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Like in Seattle, there will be stickers on street signs and on the sidewalk and what random places that say, go home tech bro. Because of mm-hmm. the impact that Amazon has had on the city of Seattle. Okay. And those stickers are really funny to me because what they're really talking about is all the people who've come from out of state Mm -hmm. and, you know, they get these, you know, high six figure um, salary jobs at Amazon. They move into Mm -hmm. downtown, start gentrifying different neighborhoods because, Hey, for the, from the landlord perspective, it's like, Hey, if we can raise the rent by, I don't know, a thousand dollars over a year, let's do it. Right. And there's 
there's demand, right? People will pay. They're, they would much rather, you know, live walking distance from their office than commute like across Lake Washington, which, you know, by bus or driving, that's going to be 30 minutes to an hour each way. Mm. And so for me, those stickers are really funny because, you know, I was born and raised in this area. Like, mm-hmm. I, this is my home. Right. But, you know, just look at the story that I've shared so far. It's like pursuing a career in technology has forever changed my life for the better. And, you know, even 100%. Now, I'm, now I'm focused on design and strategy and, you know, going in a completely different direction. But that would not have been possible if I hadn't pursued this path of technology, like the amount of opportunities and resources I've gotten from it are incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a, a life-changing thing. Uh, I think about that quote you shared from, I don't even remember the exact quote from uh, Steve Jobs, that you can only like connect mm-hmm. dots looking yeah. backwards. No, because I mean, who would have thought like it's just another job or just another thing to do when you're doing it and when you're getting into it? Yeah. At least, well, at least I feel I can I can relate to that because like me with design, I never got into design because it was the, the thing I wanted to do as a kid, or like it was just like okay, I might as well do it. Um, okay, shoot, I just look at the time. Um. So I'll, uh, I'll wrap on this one one last thought here. Go ahead. Um, I applied to Splunk completely arbitrarily. There's no rhyme or reason mm. behind it. It was just like, oh yeah, cool. They sponsored this thing. Let me apply and look where where it led. Right. So sometimes you just got to take a chance. You never know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, we got a buffer. Like I can be late to the next meeting, but um, where can people find you? Yeah, All so stuff. of course, uh, if you want to reach out on Instagram at Shaquille XYZ, personal website, uh, you can just grab it from the link in my bio there. Um, design firm's website is ntrsct.com, pronounced intersect designs, also on Instagram at ntrsct.designs. Great. Well, it was it was beautiful to have you. It was a pleasure, and what's the word I'm looking for? A privilege. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it, and uh, thank you very much, Shaquille, for this for for being here. Thank you for creating the space. The Made With Love podcast is hosted by yours truly, Mauricio Cardona, and produced by my consultancy, Love Nesio, where we co-create with our clients, brands to fall in love with. All the information about today's guest is in the description of this episode. You can also find there information like references made, books mentioned, etc. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I also hope you feel inspired to make something with love. Thank you.